0: Replicants are like any other machine. They're either a benefit or a hazard. They're a benefit, it's not my problem. We don't have to be mean, because remember, no matter where you go, there you
1: are. Conan, what is best in life? Crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and they hear the lamentation of their women. Groovy.
0: Can you hammer a
2: six-inch spike through a board with your penis? Not right now. A girl's got to have her standards. It gives
1: her a sense of control in a world full of chaos. I'm a firm believer in the philosophy of a ruling class, especially since I rule.
0: You have offended my family, and you have offended the Shaolin Temple.
2: Welcome to the Cult of Classics, the podcast that is beginning to doubt your commitment to Sparkle Motion. <laughs> this week, we are joined by uh, well, I'm your host, Liam Kelly. First of all, first of all, of first of all, first of all, let's, we'll, let's start at the beginning. Let me be clear. My name is Liam Kelly. Please clap. Please clap. <laughs> I am uh, joined, as always, in the studio by, uh, as uh, his term, my hetero life mate, yeah. Tarver Peterson. Um, by my and this week by my actual life mate. I, w- I was
3: gonna give myself before you do that.
2: Oh, okay. Some
3: nicknames: the the succulent steward of film, filmography, the uh, the sultan of cinema, the. Uh, the, the, the you, you, it's a microphone. Yep, that's how it works. Yeah. You just you move it
1: and you can hear the sounds that it makes.
2: Who are we joined by? We are joined by my wife Erin Kelly.
1: Hello. Hello. I don't know how to use the microphone. But <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you
2: know, don't we touch it. we all we all get in there. I don't want
1: to touch the guard. If just you don't
2: need, touch it. if you need the uh if you need to move it just uh, grab it by the stand. And, yeah. yeah, just adjust. Is Blake
1: it shorter than me cuz this is I low. think he might be.
2: He uh we all hunch. Uh Aaron is on Blake uh our co-host on our other podcast Tap Snaps. Microphone for this recording, and um, she doesn't want to get too close to anything (laughs) to have to touch it. Um, That's probably pretty smart. Take that for what you will. (laughs) This week, we're talking about Donnie Darko.
1: Donnie Darko. The
2: 2001 teen angst slash time travel movie starring Jakey G, Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, uh, This is also
3: Seth Rogen's uh, debut film, and his debut line is, I like your boobs. I like
2: your boobs.
1: Yeah, and it's Seth Rogen pre. Ur, 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 yeah, ur. yeah. <laughs> does he laugh in this movie? I think yes, he does, and he laughs like ha ha ha. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. yo, know, you can tell
2: he was acting in that moment because if he were really laughing, he'd be like. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
2: opening thoughts on Donnie Darko: um, some some very ambitious writing yeah, in this yeah. movie. Um, the the plot is, I mean. It's not so much convoluted <laughs> as it is just a lot. It's a lot. There's yeah. there's a there's a lot of different concepts and and themes that are circulating around. Um, and the, you know, credit credit where credits due. The director's name, his name, Tarver.
3: Uh, wow, well, I just forgot it immediately. <laughs> I did uh, too. Richard and Kelly. It, Richard Kelly. Which is crazy
2: that you forgot it. I know, I know. Because that's your
3: last fucking name.
2: <laughs> um, Dick Kelly, Dick, on the case. Dick, <laughs> Dick <laughs> Kelly. Dick Kelly, private eye. Um, the brilliant
3: director and writer of such films as oh, Southland Tales. Tales.
2: <laughs> big, big oof. And the writer of Domino, a big oof. Big um, oof. But I, th- I like some of the things that he does in this movie, because he, he really trusts the audience to accept certain aspects of the plot very fast. Um, and the screenwriting is, it's pretty tight. The mechanics of what he's writing about are not tight, but the, the screenwriting is tight in that. He just is like, this is what happening. This is the time travel mechanics. Here you go. Um, the, uh, the, there's an odd balance that's struck between the like themes of science, fate, and God um, mm-hmm. when we're talking about this. So it's, a, that's, that's also just difficult, a difficult premise to take on. Uh, when you 're when you're making a movie it 's got so, the peak 80s soundtrack,
1: oh yeah, yeah, this is my favorite soundtrack, yeah, the
2: soundtrack fantastic is this good.
1: is my kind of music yeah it 's slap full of bangers, yeah,
2: just one after the other. Um, tensions maintained well, and they they balance the alternate reality and uh donny 's like superpowers with his potential schizophrenia like they they try to fine line between whether or not, like, maintaining some tension for the majority of the movie is whether or not what's happening to him is real. Right. Um, Which is good because it makes it more interesting to watch because (laughs) if you you just look at this movie as, like, a pure time travel sci-fi movie, then it starts to fall apart a little bit because the mechanics aren't that great of of their, like, sci-fi elements. Uh, Some of the CGI didn't really age well but the effects are still... The bubble The bubble fate? The bubble fate. It's it's still effective. It still works. No, but, it doesn't look that bad. But it, uh, it has aged, and you can see it. Um, there are a couple of deleted scenes that do lend some clarity to the overall plot and the time travel mechanics, and there's a pretty definitive explanation for what's going on. The problem with that is that to get the full idea of what's happening between the primary universe, the tangent universe, which most of the movie takes place in, um, and all this stuff from the philosophy of time travel, the book that Roberta Sparrow writes that Donnie gets about halfway through the movie, um, is that you have to do like this extracurricular reading to if you want to get the full scope of the plot. And I don't like that because. It takes away from your movie. Like all the all the mechanics of your movie should be in your fucking movie.
0: No, you're
3: 100 percent right. I mean, that's
2: just a that's just a failing. Like yeah. if if you have to explain
3: what happened in your movie, then your movie didn't do a full good job. Like it, you didn't accomplish exactly what you wanted to accomplish. If you got to be like, hey, there's some additional reading to understand. Some people do like that though. Some people do like that because it it kind of you know this is a this is a real cult classic and that. You got to kind of be part of the cult to go out and read mm-hmm. some some things about Donnie Darko, so that you can, you know, be in the know. But an effective effective script, like in a really an effective film, lets you know, you yeah. know, Decker is a replicant, like yeah. in Blade Runner, like that. That's kind of like we know that. We know that, and that's kind of what this movie was trying to do. Was trying to be subtle about it. Like it, it was, and it it did well for most of it. But it's it's trying to be like, is it real? Is he insane? Is he a time traveler? Is this, you know, what what's happening?
2: Well, in balancing, like, the mental illness aspect of this movie with the sci-fi time travel aspect of this movie, it does create tension, which is really effective the first time you watch it. But then after the first time you watch it, all of the mental illness stuff is really just character development for J.K.G. Yeah. Like, the, it, it, it doesn't really serve the plot in any way after your initial viewing.
1: See, it... I think of it more as an exploration of mental illness than any of the sci-fi shit. Yeah. Like if you're, yes, you can read those books. Yes. You can explore further if that's what interests you. But ultimately all of the sci-fi things, the visions, everything is all, I think like a manifestation of his schizophrenia and you don't have to understand it. You just have to know that every little thing he sees Every little thing that influences him, he turns into a, I don't know, a, a, he, he, like, like schizophrenics are want to do. Yeah. Whatever they're involved in, people they meet, they suddenly tangentially, tangentially <laughs> will relate that to whatever their story is. True. He starts to take everything from his life and it starts to become part of this time travel narrative. Oh, the nape, the crazy lady she's involved, the this is involved, these yeah. people are involved and suddenly everything is interwoven. That is like super, a super schizophrenic trait. Yeah. So you really don't have to have all of that extra research and cuz that's really the movie's not about time travel in my opinion. Yeah. Well,
3: well though I I, I think, think it would be doper if it wasn't. I think if like at the end he doesn't time travel and that you see Like, you know, he wakes up in a coma or something or he wakes up and it's like, oh, all that shit was because that was the shit that happened in his life. Or he
2: just wakes up in his bed and maybe like if you're paying very close attention, you notice that it's like the same as his bed from the beginning before he started either hallucinating and having these paranoid delusions or... He really time traveled, but like we do get real closure at the end, which I think is honestly a failing of the the movie because it balances those two themes of mental illness and the sci-fi time travel aspects. I think if it were more open ended or more left up to the audience to decide what they wanted to take away from it, whether it was like the story of mental illness or the story of a like how this time travel has affected. Our, our main character, I think that would be honestly a better ending. But because we do close the time loop and he does go back in time and get hit by the jet engine and we have like sort of a definitive ending of the movie, ending yeah. of the movie it, with, with closing it out and being like, no, 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 he did try and travel. Like, I think that is, that, it, this, this could have done with some Nolan like open ended yeah. type shit. I think that would have made it a better movie. But also, <laughs> the pacing is a little off. Um, some of the characters act strangely, and a lot of this is due to the plot details that are only available outside of the movie. Like, when you start learning about... like, There's all this lore about manipulated dead characters and manipulated manipulated limi- living characters and stuff outside the movie. So, But it's not great, because if you don't know all that, and again, if you don't do all the, the outside reading, it's just you have characters acting in nonsensical ways. Like, Drew Barrymore just... Some brand new girl to the school comes in and she's like, sit next to the boy you think is the cutest.
3: Oh, there's something like outside
2: about that? It's like, oh, you don't want to. Yeah, well, there's a whole lore about in this tangential universe that we enter like almost immediately in the movie when Donnie first hallucinates and leaves like the second the jet engine falls is supposed to be where the primary universe which is what we open with and what we come back to at the very end of the movie when the time loop closes and the tangent universe is like what exists outside of this time loop and all people act suspiciously and we can sort of assume that a lot of like this time loop has just repeated itself until we get to the conclusion where like essentially the the deal is that there was a glitch in like the fourth dimension of time. And this jet engine was copied from where it was on Donnie's mom's plane into a universe where it wasn't supposed to be. And the whole journey, like Donnie's journey and what his role is as like the sort of like person surrogate of God or the forces that be or whoever is to undo that anomaly and send the, the, the token, the totem of the, the jet engine back through that time loop. So it's, again, there's a lot of (laughs) outside reading that makes a whole lot of sense. If you have the time to like read this, like three paragraph essay about all these characters and how they interact with Donnie and how they're trying to guide him towards the inevitable conclusion of him. Cause like at the end they, there's a, a, there's a theory that he uses telekinesis to guide the, (laughs) <laughs> the jet engine through a time that time portal back to October 2nd at the beginning of the movie.
3: I don't uh, understand. And uh, that doesn't make any sense to me. I think, I think if we're just going to skip right to the end. I think the, the only like beauty in this movie and the way it wraps up is that he sees that him living when that jet engine fell caused a series of events to go down to kill Gretchen mm-hmm. and that ended up with him killing and Frank Frank yeah um, and he goes back in time and dies there to ensure that his mom never gets on the airplane which he could have no way of knowing um, that but his mom never gets on the airplane that he, Gretchen never is at that location with him to get run over by Frank and so he never kills Frank I don't think, the, there's no shot of him taking the jet engine or manipulating it with his mind. There's nothing yeah. well, to again, show that. I mean, because that is just complete fan fiction. This all and exists that, yeah, that's outside just, of the movie. Yeah. That's just pure
2: speculation. Yeah, well, know? all of this stuff exists outside of the movie, and it's based on excerpts that were available on the movie website from The Philosophy of Time, which is a fictional book, but they put real excerpts of it out, so... This like all this this theory that Roberta Sparrow quote unquote has made about time travel is like what all these theories are based on. But anyway, getting into Act One, <laughs> um, Donny's a mess. He's waking up in the middle of the road. He's he's cussing out his sister and his mom. And we establish immediately that he is a hashtag damaged boy. Um, we use one of my favorite ways of uh, of like dating a movie and, and establishing a time period, which is like talking about it on the news. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just like, I'm going to vote for Dukakis. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but if, but with the hashtag damage boy thing, it's like, if this were set in 2019, he would never investigate his hallucinations. He would just make TikToks about them and space time continuum would fall apart. Um, there's a lot of great montage okay, work. <laughs> and um, we have like the Donnie riding home, Montage where we get to like establish the family and establish his dad and his sister's relationship. We see the, the woman like power walking on the street, and it's all set to this great 80s music. Um, his mom, Mary McDonald, is fucking a
3: killer. <laughs> she is very attractive and like a really good actress. She I think does, she's I what the
1: whole movie's about. Mary McDonald? Her relationship with Donnie. Yeah, I yeah. thought it
2: was like, I was like, man, this woman is impressive. And she has excellent pain face. She does. She uses that pain face for the duration of the movie. Well,
1: she has a super dysfunctional but, like, loving family. Yeah. Like, they immediately establish how dysfunctional they are. But, like, the kind of detached dad who thinks everything's just fucking funny. Yeah. And, like, it's it's kind of like the modern ideal. Like, this is kind of the family that we all sort of want in our heads, I think of like everyone at cool family, everyone loves each other. The kids are all fucking geniuses and they're cool. And you know, like the parents are allowed to be, you know, idealists. I mean, you hear her talking at the PTA meeting, you know, have you even read insert author's name Mm -hmm. that they're trying to get taken off the, the book list?
0: Yeah.
1: But like, it's sort of this, like, I think
2: we have all seen Bonanza. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> But that whole like dysfunctional family dynamic I think like I don't know if that's the first movie to really like Spotlight that I guess that just came out in two thousand one. I keep thinking it came out no
2: in in eighty (laughs) eight
1: because that's when it's set.
2: Well, he's like you know he's hashtag damage boy and he's got the cool family with this with the cool problems. Like his sister's partying, but she's about to go to Harvard, and he is like he's all fucked up and and angsty and angry, but he's a super genius, and his Mm -hmm. little sister is like really popular and has all this social pressure on her.
1: She's the normie. Yeah,
2: yeah.
3: She's
1: the little sparkle pony whatever normie sparkle. Well, the best
3: camera work in the movie happens when we go to school. Yeah. Like that like, like they have the super Dutch angle where the camera is like completely tilted. And it's and like it, upside and down. It writes almost. itself. Yeah it is. And then it You mean as they're going itself. down the hall? No right when they get off the bus. When he jumps out of the back mm-hmm. of the bus. Yeah he jumps out of the back of the bus and the camera spins. and on. So it's kind of like visually I think it's kind of trying to say like okay and here we are in upside down world. And mm-hmm. like now like here we go. And we're we've entered into this world which is nice, and they, it's, it's its not, I mean, I guess it's a montage, it doesn't, I, I don't remember being music set to this, but like, because when they're walking, they do a lot of, uh,
2: there is music
1: set it, to it. Yeah, there is. it is, okay. and it is totally a, just like, clueless, like, yeah. let's go through and see all the types of kids yeah. in high yeah. school, and like, the most confusing part of that montage yeah. is the bullies. Yeah. They're so because, lame. No, because they're like mullet switchblade carrying yeah. like poor yeah. kid yeah. bullies. But then they're doing coke in the hallway. Yeah. In like, front of the principal. Like the rich Catholic school kids. Yeah. Like who, what, what What? kind of characters are these? Like are they just like can't make up their mind yeah. on each. Per- and like each person is like a weird stereotype. Like you got Mrs. Chut up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Shut hey, Tr- up. Charita
1: Charita Chut Up. Charita, shut up.
2: Charita, shut her, Char- her last name is Chut Up.
3: Charita, shut up. And they're totally unnecessary. That that's actually one thing this movie I think I wasn't super big fan of upon rewatching it was the bully was Seth Rogen's character and his buddy Mullet Man.
0: Yeah. The <laughs> they, lead singer
3: of
2: uh, Phantom Planet.
3: They really like they're like like especially because he's not big. Like, he's, no, not, d- he's not bigger than Jake Gyllenhaal. It's like J- Jake, and Gyllenhaal Jake is Gyllenhaal's maybe not even stunning him. him. Yeah, that's no. like,
1: you're not. Every time he threatens him, he's just like, fuck off. It's like, he's like not
2: a bully. <laughs> you're not, like, bigger than him. Except for when he tries to uh, catch murder an him? attempted murder Murdered charge in the bathroom. Yeah, twice. Like, straight up. Yeah, but, like, once is just on school grounds before Jake G's done anything to him. Yeah. He just is, like, holding a fucking switchblade to his neck and choking him in the bathroom. It's like, okay. I guess your home life's not so great, is it, Seth? Yeah. And not Seth Rogen. the The primary bully's name is Seth, which is very funny to me. Um, but yeah, we see we in, in the in, in the very end of Act One is we are introduced to Frank, who is still creepy even now. Um, we get our first taste of Donnie's hallucinations, and then boom, we get the jet engine and we enter our tangent universe. And so this is when we have separated from the 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 regular timeline. We're in like this crazy wacko timeline. And yeah. when
1: yeah, and when that happens. It's so if you've seen the movie more than once, it's so heartbreaking to see the family's reaction to him living because they're so like just kind of flip it, like they're just like, Oh, there he is. Like they weren't super worried about him. Yeah. Like they were just kind of like, his mom's just like, Oh, there he is. Like, we've been looking for Donnie. But they never even say anything like, "Hey, we're glad you're safe,
2: glad you're alive,
3: bro," or
1: anything well, like.
3: His dad is such an underdeveloped character in this film. Like his dad, I noticed that immediately and throughout the film. I was like, his dad is is really portrayed poorly and never given the life that he needs because it's. I don't know if it's the actor's fault. I know they wanted Tim Robbins originally for this part, and he did, They didn't get him, but like they got Bobo Tim Robbins.
2: Yeah, just like they got Bobo Ryan Reynolds to play uh, JKG's friend. Yep.
1: The Which only one? time the dad... The taller one? The racist one? The only time oh, yeah, the dad yeah, yeah. even remotely says anything of value is, like, right after it happens in they're in the hotel. Yeah. And the dad's just like, oh, like, this happened to my friend, uh, Frankie Fed- Fedler.
2: Something like that.
1: And he's like, he died on the way to prom and...
2: Everybody said he was doomed. Yeah.
1: And he's like, you know, I could have said that.
2: They could have said that about Donnie. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, like, he's having this moment of, like, That's like my his... son almost died. Yeah. And like... And later
3: he says it later he says it um straight up to Donnie where he says like he's like, You know, you're my son and then everybody else is an idiot and they're all full of shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what you tell them is fuck you. I mean it's yeah, really bad. But like it they're trying to establish it and I think that like, cause a lot of interactions with the dad make him seem like a fucking either you the drug addict or a psychopath. Because <laughs> like when, he, when when your kid goes to school and gets in trouble for telling a teacher to stick something up her ass, and you just laugh and like say like you want to buy him like a moped, and then it is when your kid's at the dinner table and he's like cussing. And he, in like, front of your seven year old. And talking about your your daughter, your youngest daughter having sex in the eighth grade, and you're like laughing.
2: And he's just like, don't say those words.
1: Don't no, say He those. doesn't say shit. No, he says knows, that to
2: the daughter. He's like, don't say it. Yeah. So he like,
1: also knows Donnie doesn't play. At yeah. this point in the narrative, Donnie has. He don't know anything. Has burned shit down. No, Do- the whole reason oh, Donnie's yeah, in yeah. therapy the movie is because yeah. he has been wiling out for years. He's a hashtag damage boy. He, like, is, he has yeah. problems. But he, his dad is, I think, kind of just afraid of it, so he ignores it. He yeah. His dad doesn't look afraid at all, though. He's he's like he's smiling and laughing
3: well, the whole time. He and, like, has this sort of like
2: upper crusty like we're yep. better than we're all these idiots. Waspy, waspy yeah. shit. we're better than all these idiots. Like anybody who doesn't get our humor or disagrees with us is beneath us. Like that's kind of his vibe. And, time.
1: and two of the moments, he's also kind of a vessel for Donnie to be super bored, yeah. which are the main moments when he first starts to have his like super vivid ha- hallucinations is like. One is when they're watching football, yeah. and the first little thing he sees, little spear he sees Comes come out of a chest, dad. is out of his dad. He's like, you are so boring yeah. and so predictable that I know, that I know exactly what you're about to do. And so does God. So, well, I mean... <laughs> oh God! Back to the idea of, like, this is... That the, football uh, scene was
3: horrible, too. Yeah. By the way. They, it was clearly written by someone who had never watched football. <laughs> well, He's the like, the they shots need to go for like, safety. It's
1: like short, dramatic shots of somebody falling slowly, but it's just the back of their jersey. It's like... No one would ever put this on TV. By the
3: way, a safety is when you sack a quarterback in the end zone of the t- that team's end zone. So it's like, obviously, if there's any point where the quarterback is in his own end zone, they are always going for a safety. <laughs> it's such a nonsensical, like, I've never watched football kind of statement. And that is the biggest problem with this movie. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just saying, it's just like, that that didn't make... They, like, he throws something, it's, they're like, come on! Oh! It was just... Yeah, it was just he just really, didn't want to do any no. research. It was just really badly staged, the, and it was badly acted he just, out. Yeah,
2: he just didn't know about football and he was trying to write it and he was like what's, what's this? staging what's, what's, too what's the term football was what corny football? Um, so this brings us into um, the, the act two Donnie's now in the talk town for like two seconds you the bus stop scene where we kind of s- establish some of the social relationships between like his sister and her friends and him and his friends um, Bobo Ryan Reynolds is race to Charita um, and then we have <laughs> he's what? what he's a race race okay um, Good, because I
3: don't think anybody else knew. I, I knew what he meant, but <laughs> a little bit of Ryan Reynolds is race. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's just Liam speaking. You need to yeah. you need to get with it. Iconic montage time. We have this. This is where we have our high school walkthrough. Okay, um, this is what
3: you were talking about. Yeah,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see Patrick Swayze for the first time. Bun-dun. Pat-
3: dun dun. Now, we saw Patrick Swayze on the dun dun. golf course. Uh, the oh, first that's time, true. Yeah, the first time you that's see Patrick true. Swayze is on the golf course. He's just not wearing an
2: oversized suit, so I didn't recognize yeah. him. That. But yeah, he wore—he actually wore We're a lot of his. Talking about
1: Jesus Christ, Colonel Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> Why does he come in with a southern accent? That's kind of how
0: Patrick, Patrick
3: Swayze, Swayze has talks,
2: like a southern accent. Like he kind of has this like, hey, yeah. what's going I think on? He's like, huh? I
3: think he's from Texas, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Well, he's also wearing a lot of his own clothes from the '80s, which is like why he's got all these. Yeah, <laughs> jumbo I think suits. he's
1: supposed to sound like a southern preacher. Oh uh, yeah, well, because Swayze he yeah. yeah. thinks he is. He's a snake oil salesman. He has he's a southern accent. Profit.
2: Um, Drew Barrymore is in this movie uh, because she helped fund it. Uh, we establish she, uh, she is she
3: is dope looking. She
2: helps to establish yeah. her her fucking gaucho pants
1: ensemble.
2: I enjoy it. She's dressed really well. She's
3: not carrying anything, but she's doing. She's dressed well.
1: She is gorgeous, first of all, but also believing Drew Barrymore is an enlightened English teacher is like believing Donald Trump can be president.
3: (laughs) Then then you're right. She is a an enlightened English teacher. This
2: writing is so spirited. um we step we cellar sh- door. Sh- she also helps establish that John- Donnie's a, s- a smarty um, Cellar door uh enter gretchen <laughs> jenna malone who i don't like particularly because she has theater girl voice and she sure does she is just very meek and mild and i i don't care for her um but yeah uh professor barrymore super I weird she was the girl from twilight no.
1: She is she was in, in the, Hunger, the Games. Hunger Games. She's Joanna, mm. and she plays. She's very much like, I'm going to play this one fierce. Yeah. <laughs> and you just, it, it, I just hate when. I when am a say, badass. When you say Theater Girl I'm Boys, I also. I'm here like,
2: to take no names. No, wait, wait, what? No, no names? I'm here to take some names. How do you say it? Cut. <laughs> Cut. What's my line? I'm sorry. It's You're here. so unprofessional. You're, no, you want to, you want to take names. Yeah, that is what you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> but Professor Barrymore is super Taking weird. Taking no shit to 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 Gretchen in this first scene, and like if I were walking into a classroom and I was like, "Hey, I'm brand new to this school. Sit next to the girl that you like the most. Sit next to the boy you think is the cutest." <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm good. I'm probably gonna transfer. This is horrible. Thank you for nothing.
0: Yeah.
3: Like, well, you you filled me with, you know, total anxiety. <laughs> I'm, I'm crippled inside because I'm a high school student. Yeah. And I'm also, I'm just, you know, uncomfortable in my own skin. Yeah. And I am terrified of you and everyone else. <laughs>
2: so,
1: don't look at me.
2: Don't look at me. But it does Whoops, establish. I got an erection. There it goes. oh <laughs> <laughs> Well, you knew what you were getting into. Yeah. Um, Gretchen and Donnie are going to get together. We knew that almost immediately. Um, then we almost hit Grandma Death sweet. with the car. Uh, um there are there are a couple of pronounced mullets in this movie. But Grandma Deaths is fantastic. Puts everybody to shame.
3: It's really it really is now that you bring it up, the I didn't sheer, think of it.
2: The volume
3: Yeah, and, and the uh, the product in the, it. I feel the like the density. She,
2: the feathering. Yeah.
1: Not density, feathering. The feathering the, yeah. of it. The sh- it's, it's fluffy. It
3: is, yeah. <laughs> it, it is fluffy. It, it's like a...
2: She a, looked like Big
3: Bird a little bit.
1: Yeah.
2: Like a I, Big Bird and like Fozzie Bear.
3: Or like a, a long-haired or cat. Or Snuffleupagus. A long-haired cat's like chest mane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it kind of looks like that. It's, it's kind of
2: wispy. It's kind beautiful. It was dope. Um but yeah so she has a, in addition to having an excellent mullet um we find out much she's going to become integral to the plot later on. Donnie's actually nice to somebody for once in this scene. He's just like no mail today, maybe maybe tomorrow. Um and she whispers in his ear, everyone dies alone. <laughs> what a bitch. Um we get to therapy, it's we see that Donnie wrong. is for real like damaged boy, like he actually does have emotional problems. Uh, back at school, we meet Kitty Farmer, uh, 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 multi-level marketing at risk, gym teacher who intros- introduces us to controlling fear, which is amazing.
3: It is that
2: fucking <laughs> the little kid. So, I'm not I'm not afraid anymore. <laughs> <laughs> after talking about wetting his bed. That until was so was funny. It's like, I'm not so afraid funny. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> there is some legitimate humor in this movie and Patrick Swayze That's is a, a gem. Yeah, You know, and he, he's, the, the building blocks of Donnie's angst and anger are being put into place. Um, Donnie stay hallucinating um, and he begins to follow Frank around who's demanding more and more from him. He tells him to flood the school um, and Donnie uh, two things in this scene. Donnie uh demonstrates super strength by hammering an axe into a solid bronze statue. Uh, God knows how he got up high enough to put that thing in his head. Because he's a superhero. Because he has superpowers. Uh
1: because he he's a is, conduit. He's because, a his emo has, because his name is a superhero.
2: Because his name has the same letter in his first and his last name. That's the only reason he's a superhero. Alliterative name? Superhero. That makes him a superhero. <laughs> um But, yeah, it's time for our bullies after this to start showing just how creepy and shitty they are. Um, Donnie and Gretchen are, you know, Donnie, he kind of gets her out of trouble, and the bullies seem, this is a bad bit of storytelling because they're supposed to be really, like, Making her uncomfortable, but we just see how impotent they are as soon as Donnie walks up.
1: And also how rapey they are. It's yeah. It was pretty gross. ridiculous.
2: Yeah. Like, I like your boobs.
3: It
1: doesn't read impotent if you're a girl. That's true. You're like, oh, yeah, I remember that.
3: Mm-hmm. Like. You remember a dude standing next to you saying, I like your boobs?
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. It's, it should be hitting I've different out here from women. I've boobs since I was 14. Yeah,
2: shit do be hitting different. Yeah. It's, and it's, people
1: will say reckless shit to a 14-year-old. Or did wild
2: yeah, shit? Especially crustache, mullet wearing piece of shit. Um, but yeah, so Donnie and Gretchen have a two-minute conversation, and they're now dating. <laughs> they talk for so little time. I dude. love the way he
3: says that. He's like, "You want to go with me?" Yeah. And she's like, "I mean, oh yeah, well, I'm gonna go home." And he's like, "No, I mean like, you want to?" She's like, "Oh yeah, yeah." <laughs> like by sure. far the the best looking, most intelligent person yeah, in the Go school. with
2: you. Go with Jakey G.
1: Hell yeah. They have no romantic chemistry, IMO. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean... They I, have nothing in common. Well, he, he is a fucked up guy. Other than both being Th- fucked him, up. Yeah. They
3: have him in common. Like, she, he's obsessed with himself and she's obsessed with him. Like, he's obsessed with the shit in his She head. never
1: even really gets across that she's obsessed with him. She sleeps in the movie with him. All she does is... She's using him just like he's using her. She's freaking out because she thinks her mom has been murdered. So she's like, I guess I'm going to, you know,
3: no, when he's, when he stands up in the auditorium and he calls out Patrick Swayze and she's looking at him like she is like, he's a star in her eyes. I saw that pretty clearly, I think. And when, when he's talking in class and she rebukes him and like argues with him though, but he's, he's clearly the brightest bulb in the in the room every time. Yeah. The principal. But calls she's not
1: like interior. in that conversation when they first meet, he starts talking to her about antibiotics and antibacterial stuff. And she goes, you mean soap? Uh, and like he's a literal genius and she's kind of a dumbass superpower. And they are he like Donnie is just like sex obsessed and self obsessed and like doesn't want to be alone, which he says over and over again. But when he says he doesn't want to be alone, he doesn't mention her. He mentions Frank leaving. Yeah. Not her. Like he doesn't give a shit about her. And I don't think she really gives a shit about him. Like they're just companions. Like it's not meant to be a love story. Like I feel like a lot of people interpret this as like he didn't want his love to die, his girlfriend to die. I don't think they give a shit about each other. Like this is to me not a love story. Oh well, no, all.
2: he's 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 torn up when she dies like it's torn up.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean he
0: he has a, they men, do a, a great mental job.
2: break, but they don't do I think they just don't do a great job developing it in the movie. I think that they are supposed to and their characters by the end of the movie do care about one another. But I don't think they I spend enough time. I think they care about it. each
1: other, but it's not some epic love story. Like Well, no, but they're teenagers and they've only known they've known each other less than a month when she dies. Like they And they've known each other for less than 5 minutes when they start dating. Like I'm telling you, it's not about chemistry. It's just like you have problems I got problems. Let's pee my butt. Like (laughs) that's all it is. It's not like. Well, sometimes that's what it is in high school though.
2: I mean like they, they, neither one of them are even halfway done cooking as people, but like she is a romantic interest. I think he is romantically interested in him, but he is also like self-obsessed. So I think that it's like as good as a romantic interest as you're going to get for his character. Also, there's just so much the fuck going on in this movie that they don't have time to develop that part of the story that much. So they're just kind of like, here it is. Like, we talked for two seconds, we're going out,
3: here we go. I gotta make a good point here now. Um, There is so much going on in this movie, and the most interesting thing from a technical standpoint about Donnie Darko is that it was filmed in 28 days, which is the length of time that Frank tells Donnie that he has until the world ends.
0: Mm. That's kind of creepy.
3: And the thing that's important to notice is... uh, If you're going to shoot a film in 28 days, right, uh, in my experience, the most time-consuming thing about setting up a production or setting up a shoot is the lighting of it. So what they do is they choose to shoot most of this film in exteriors, so they use the light of the sun. And the best way to do that is to backlight your subjects, because then um, you don't get any of this, uh, their faces don't get overexposed or get any crazy shadows. So if you'll notice, if you go back and watch Donnie Darko, every time almost almost every shot they're in an exterior they try to frame it where the sun is lighting them from behind um so this is a really good technique and trick if you don't have big trucks with huge silks to uh keep your lighting even you always frame your actors uh where the sun is at their backs and backlight them so i just thought
0: yeah yeah
1: fuck
2: yeah. Uh, but speaking of Donnie being
1: hypersexualized, do you, do you think that the director was like speed it the fuck up. We got to get it done in 28 days. They're yeah. like on day 26 like we still have six shot like six scenes left to shoot. I would hope his DP would have been like you need to calm down and
3: chill. Because like it doesn't matter. I thought I was like this is a cool factoid, but I was like it could not be true and it wouldn't matter. It's right, a, it's they a really lied about dumbass it. arbitrary thing to do. And it 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 really is, and it and it kind of speaks to my overall feelings about this guy, um, where he's doing something for a really silly reason. Like it it makes no difference that this film was filmed in twenty eight days or two hundred days. Like you could have filmed this movie in two thousand days. It it just matters about the finished product of your film. It doesn't matter about how long it took you to film it. Yeah, I
1: think it goes in the same, gets lumped in the same category as like all the speculation and fan fiction and whatever that surrounds this movie. I think it's meant him just adding more fuel to that fire of like, yeah. I want people talking about my movie for years to come. And here we are in 2020. Yeah. Well, I also, like
2: it. He only had a, a, a like a, a, budget of $6 million and he, he's,
3: they bombed big time. Yeah. That's bombed. why this is like such a quintessential, uh, cult classic because it made it has no a, money. <laughs> it made no money. It, it pretty much crushed this guy's career. Yeah. Um, in it, uh, it has a huge following. Yep. So, yeah.
2: Um, yeah. But yeah. Speaking of Donnie being hypersexualized, we move back to therapy, the hypnotherapy, mm. which is just we learned the lesson like never willingly dive into the subconscious of a teenage boy <laughs> yeah. because you won't like what you find it down there. Like not even if they themselves. aren't dealing with like dimension blending bony demons, like you're not going to like what you find.
3: It takes us until we're like almost 30. For we have time to think. Yeah. You know, for most of us, uh, we we
2: are fighting against an uncontrollable urge. No. <laughs> I love the progression, though, where she's just like, well, tell me about school. What's going on in school? He's like, oh, I think about fucking a lot I in think school. about fucking a lot in school.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're like, like, don't go there. Well, you made a mistake. You can't else. backtrack. Like,
2: you need to clap and get me out of here.
1: As the ovaries in the room, um, that it is like the least... Sexy Jake Gyllenhaal's ever been. I know he's supposed to be like Mister, you know, unattainable, and like he isn't a very, a very attractive person. But when he's in therapy, especially when he's like reaching in his pants, uh-huh. he's using little boy voice. Yeah, he does and that is so yeah. off-putting that you're like, well, there's I'm getting nothing from this. Yeah. Like well, and they
0: from also the
3: <laughs> old
2: divine and raw. What what I love about that <laughs> is, um, I don't. I don't know. Let me. Still, I gotta look up when Goodwill Hunting come, came come, came out because they, they Matt Damon in one of his hypnotherapy scenes. I think he's just directly stunting on this scene. Oh, never mind. It came out in '97. But like, <laughs> like in Goodwill Hunting, Matt Damon does the same thing where he's like in hypnotherapy and he's like, he's touching me. Why is he touching me there? Guy rockets in flight. flight. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Afternoon delight. Hey, but he. Uh, that's that is that's a oh, an odd trope. Is like the little boy hypnotized voice. But he also uses the little boy voice whenever he's actually hallucinating and seeing Frank. Yeah, he does. I think that's a good indicator though that he is actually hypnotized in these scenes because at this at this point, like when I first saw it, yeah. I remember being like, "Is he just fucking with her?" Yeah. But also, she wakes him up as soon as he goes into his pants, which is good, but. If I had been hypnotized legitimately, and I wake up on a couch, and my pants my are, undone are undone, and my hands are in my pant- my hands are in my underwear, I'm never going to that psychiatrist again. He's like, "We're about to sue the fuck out of yeah, you." Yeah, it's like I'm about to get you for some money, money, money. <laughs> Not like, just money, some money, or money, 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 but some money, some, money, money, some money, money, money. Yeah, you child molesey. Yeah, Child you, you molest, you molest me, you let me, you. I see you molest me.
1: She tried to help.
3: She tried to help. She but did like, try to help. That's just not a good look for her. It was not a good look. But he, uh, but he, he's dealt with weirder things, so he just rolls with the punches. and Yeah. He's gone. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He's just like, eh, not even the worst he's, thing that's happened to me today. Yeah.
2: <laughs> in the last hour. Um. This is right after this. We get the attempted murder scene in the bathroom. Uh, get the Smurf scene. The. <laughs> That's the, a, the uh, best written part of the yeah, movie. The, but the What's friend,
1: the point of living if you, if you don't, don't have, have a dick.
2: dick? Yeah. But I love fucking the friend just like, why you got to get so smart on us, Donnie? Yeah. <laughs> 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 After just being explained like the basic workings of a children's TV show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was it's just like, why you got to be such a brain all the time, Donnie?
3: It, it just shows that this was made for teenagers. Yeah. Yeah, it was what I felt right there. I was like, this is a teenage well, movie.
1: And it shows Donnie's disconnect with, with his yeah, age. He's with like, even his best friend. Yeah, yeah, he's
2: unable to really have a meaningful conversation with anybody that he spends a, a good amount of time with.
1: He's like, she was created by Gargamel.
2: <laughs>
1: but I can relate to that moment, though. Like, that socially awkward, like... Taking a hard stance on something nobody gives a shit about, and then you just stand in there looking like a you know asshole, raging at your. I can I can relate to that.
2: I can too. I mean, like, and you know, there are a lot of Smurf. There's there's a lot of Smurf propaganda out there. Yes, regarding Lady Smurf, and I think that maybe Richard Kelly just had heard enough, and he was like, "Listen, he's like, this is my big moment.
3: Run, train." (laughs) On the girl Smurf, he's like, right? if I accomplish
2: anything with this movie, I'm going to accomplish <laughs> this. I'm going to squash. I'm going to clear up Lady Smurf yeah, mythology, Smurfette, or whatever. All this this fucking fake news out there. Um, but yeah, so back at the PTA, Kitty Farmer is back on her ignorant tip, um, and this is it's justified <laughs> sort of because <laughs> she the, the the school was flooded in the same way that this this Graham Green uh, story short story that was that Drew Barrymore was teaching, eh. but it's still like that. That good old ignorant shit, like, from the lady who's, like, fallen victim to the snake oil salesman. It's just like, we get the, I think we have all seen Bonanza.
3: Isn't it crazy how she barely looks older in the Today? office? Oh, when yeah. she was in the office as Dwight's, like, Dwight's lover. Dwight's babysitter. Slash babysitter, <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, shit, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah,
3: yeah, that's her. Yeah. And it was, I just thought that was amazing to me that she barely looked any older. My
1: dad's calling, should I answer? No. (laughs) Um,
2: No. But yeah, and then she's she's a really good character actor and like just some of the best acting in the movie is the smugness when she sits down and her little gaggle of friends is congratulating her because you're just like, (laughs) like you're just filled with rage and like you really understand where Donnie's coming from later because of Yeah, but Donnie's
1: mom gets the last jab on that one. She does. Oh, your
2: dad's calling me now. Should I answer? Um, So um, back at the home, at house at home, <laughs> back at house, back at house, back at house while this is ha- in Donnie is tripping balls and getting filled in on what's going on with Frank. Uh, and that's time travel. And, uh, this takes us into act three, um, where we have, you know, hilarious gym class outburst is hilarious. Uh, professor Monotov is letting us in on the secret of grandma death, AKA Roberta Sparrow, uh, gives Donnie a copy of her book, uh, philosophy of time travel. Things are starting to link up here. Um,
1: when he eventually draws the line in the sand of, like, I can't talk about this anymore, it seems so arbitrary. It's a like, bad scene. It's, it's not well-written. a really written. Bad scene. Like, yeah. like, oh, this is the line. It's like, we've been talking about time travel and God and, like, alternate, alternate universes and, like, wh- why is this the line?
2: Well, he's, well, because Donnie's like, well, what if we're, fo- what if you're, what if you're in God's chosen path? You know, and he's like well, the,
3: the whole thing is like just not well written. Yeah. Like when yeah. he when he when they're having this debate, it's the one of them's making. He's like, well, you're contradicting yourself there, but it's not completely a contradiction. And, and then his retort doesn't seem to make that much sense to me either. I mm-hmm. think
1: it's like that because all of Donnie's meaningful relationships are with women. It's with his therapist, his mom, his, his girlfriend, and his English teacher mm-hmm. there he has no meaningful relationships with men
2: and the time travel
3: including your fucky the conversation- well yeah, and again it's 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 written for high school kids is what it it felt like, yeah,, to me. like it just wasn't when you're when you're older and you look back on it and you examine the lines you're it's not that profound the right. things that they're saying, and they're
1: not that it's hard. like r slash this is deep. <laughs> yeah. I'm 14 yeah. and this is deep. I'm yeah. 14 and this is deep. Yeah,
2: that's like a lot of this movie falls into that. <laughs> um, but I do love that Like, as soon as he's like, I can't talk about this anymore, Donnie's just like, okay, okay, bye. Um, back in therapy, Donnie is just really starting to break down. He's getting really existential. He's talking about, you know, arguing about God being absurd, which actually is like a pretty progressive way of thinking about that for a high schooler. It's okay, because most high schoolers are just like, oh. No. Atheist <laughs> like yeah. that's kind of the time in, in high schoolers' lives where if they're gonna take the the opposite stance, they're not gonna be woke about it at all. They're just gonna be like, no, I know, I know, I know what's up. Um and but he also is this is where he really gets hammered home on not wanting to die alone and the whole
1: Yeah, that's
2: that's the meaningful part of their conversation. It's
1: he's actually and that's a good part of that movie, in my opinion, is that he's like really grappling with these issues. He's not doing like you said, he's not like because a lot of teenagers tend to like hardline in the sand like I'm either going to go with exactly the doctrine that I was yeah. taught or I'm going to hardline against it. Yeah. And he's like actually grappling with these issues and then eventually he comes to the conclusion that I feel like a lot of people do mm-hmm. which is it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah.
1: If if I'm going to die alone anyways, what does it matter what I choose to believe or not? And I think I think that's one of the best written discussions in the movie
2: yeah well i i I really when he starts talking about not wanting to die alone and like
1: it's just relatable yeah um because everything else is magic sci-fi land that's something (laughs) everybody knows like everybody's grappled with the existence of a higher being Yeah, and your own (laughs) loneliness on this (laughs) yeah
2: and just not wanting to talk about that necessarily too he's like i just think it's absurd um
1: no you wanted to talk about it yeah
2: no, he, but he, when he's talking about God specifically, he's like, I don't talk about it. I think it's absurd. Like, those are his lines before he starts talking about death in particular. Um, but back at home after therapy, Donnie starts to kind of see, like, the the master plan with the, the water trails. Um, things are kind of starting to get a little bit more real for him. He's seeing, like, the the predictive trails. This is where we get the Super Bowl scene or the, the football scene. Um, well, this is kind of... Have we already started seeing the pages uh,
3: of the book? Yeah, we have started seeing the pages of the book. as kind of markers, um, yeah, uh, between like this. This is kind of the way we we transition from scene to scene. Now, at a certain point in this movie, we stop doing the close up on the eye with the dissolve of like water and the bunny rabbit in the center of his eye, which is a piece of artwork on his wall mm-hmm. in one of the last scenes, and we go to close ups of the page. Uh, of this book kind of vignetted with a light around the certain line they want us to read. And this is really my biggest problem with Donnie Darko are these pages, uh, because I feel like these, the writing here is completely, they've tried, they're trying to build up like a mythos around time travel in the middle of this movie that is just not working to me. It, it, it it works so much better when you keep it to the conversations that Donnie's having and his thoughts and his ideas but when you make this whole like there's a book and there's this other character who wrote the book so you presume she's a time traveler and this is explaining kind of his what he's doing because of because of this it it just really doesn't work to me like when you start calling people like the dead and the tangential universe and yeah. and these kind of things it's like this is not it's not good. It, it's just... It's like you you made it. And the illustrations are cheesy with, like, the acts, like, the artifacts. Like, they, they just try to create... Like, they try to jam-pack, like, a fucking mythos right in the middle of the movie. And I
2: don't know. Yeah, and they have to do a lot of, like, overt exposition Huge. to explain it. And
3: they have to hang on those passages where they cut, like like they're like all right we're gonna go from this scene to this scene it's like all right well here's a close up of this book of this lines book we're like okay well I guess that's what we have to pay attention to now. well I think
2: that's only in the director's cut I don't oh really
3: because in the director's cut it's in the second like the second half of the movie like every bit of it oh yeah see like it's throughout the whole
2: fucking second like
3: half of the movie no yeah like the second hour of the movie that's every fucking time no
2: see that's not in the that's not in the original theatrical version and it sucks ass <laughs> <laughs> he probably added that because he was like uh oh my, my mechanics don't made so much sense, um, but um. So, but this is this is the point in the movie where we start seeing these trails where we're starting to wonder like whether like we're like okay, so is he just tripping? Trippin'? Is he tripping? Like, is he is he tripping or no? Is he is is he trying to fuck? <laughs> or no? <laughs> um, but he's <it's> like. <laughs> He's like, what's real? Is he hallucinating or is there real like, interdimensional stuff going on outside of his mind? Um, and this is Who where... Who can't tell where he is bro That
1: is the question. He That's find- the question.
2: Yeah. And well, it's all- this scene is also important because this is where he finds his dad slash Chekhov's gun. <laughs> 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 um, so Donnie and Gretchen getting... Talking about time travel, getting weird in the woods. Donnie's parents are being filled in by Dr. Thurman that she thinks that he may be schizophrenic. Um, he... Get the And g-
1: and in that moment, you see his... You really see that his mom is teetering on a knife's edge. Yeah.
2: Pain. The pain face.
1: I know, but she is genuinely trying to connect she's with doing her a good son. Job acting. Yeah. Yeah, she's a good actress, but, like, I'm telling you, that's what this whole movie is about. Yeah. Well, she, and she... Because she is... Like, the only one really paying attention to Donnie. Yeah, well,
2: and to jump to the end for just a a second, like, she's really the only person who gets to say goodbye to Donnie. She has a moment with him before she leaves, before they have the party, where she's just like, I love you, like, take care of yourself, don't do anything. But she, like, she actually gets to, it seems very final when they Mm, have their conversation in his bedroom before uh, she leaves to go to L.A.
3: And he does get to have sex before he dies, too. That does happen for Donnie.
2: Yeah, well, in the theatrical cut, it looks like they just go up there and talk and they Make come out. back down. Oh, no, they fuck. Oh, okay. Yeah, they fuck. I mean, you, okay.
3: can, you can infer. Yeah, you can. But uh, it's like, not. She's taking her shirt off. They're ta- like, in yeah. the director's cut.
2: Well, in like, when they walk, even in the theatrical cut, when they walk up, his sister, Maggie Gyllenhaal, his older sister, like, sees him walk up and she just kind of looks kind on of her face like, oh, okay. And they walk up. down with their
3: hands, holding hands.
2: Yeah. Um, Johnny calls out Patrick Swayze, gets kicked out of the thing. He's, like, raging to Gretchen. Um, And she's like, let's talk about what's really going on. He's like, oh, you know, just unsure about what plane of existence we're on and whether or not time travel is real and just, you know, no big. (laughs) And she's just like, her response to all that is like, okay. (laughs) Yep. Um, Donnie and Professor Montanoff have their, like, their big time travel conversation, which we've gone over. But that leads us sort of um, into Act 4, where um, we get more controlling from Frank like Donnie being controlled by Frank and their big conversation in the movie theater um, while Gretchen is asleep. Um, That leads to Donnie burning down Cunningham's house. But we get more backstory on Frank and we...
1: I have a question about that. Yeah. So in that scene in the movie theater, he asks, or he doesn't ask, Frank apologizes to Donnie. That's the first thing he says. Donnie asks him a question I don't remember what the question was. But Frank completely ignores the question and just says, like, I'm so sorry. Like, what is that?
3: I don't remember that. I remember. Like, I, I
1: had to, like, put on the subtitles to see. I wasn't sure that that's what he said. He, he, but, like, Donnie says, like, what? Are you, wh- why are you here? Or, like, what are you doing here? Or something like that. Like, or when is this going to stop? And he just, like, says, I'm so sorry. So my director's
3: cut is totally different because I – he turns to him and he says – why do you wear that stupid bunny outfit? He
1: says that. Yeah. He's yeah. like why do you wear that stupid so man you, suit? Man suit. And I think after that he asks him another question and he Frank apologizes to Donnie. Yeah. Like is this supposed to be like like what? Well when they so when
2: after after donnie closes the time loop and dies and they have we have our shots of all the people who are now alive or like have their lives not ruined like we see Cunningham again we see Donnie's mom we also see Frank and we see Gretchen like his mom Cunningham and Frank all have these very like pained, fucked up expressions on their faces.
3: Which in the director's cut, there's a page that's out that says that everyone who died in a tangential universe is alive in the primary. Basically it has a great sense of pain.
2: Yeah. Well, and Frank even touches his eye. Why but are There's like, so
1: many footnotes to this fucking movie? Yeah,
2: because so it's, it's poorly written. <laughs> I mean, that's why. They're, cause they're, he didn't have enough time to balance the t- the stories that he wanted to tell.
3: I'm sorry, but... You guys are really not talking about the most important thing in the scene. What's the movie they're watching? <laughs> Evil Dead.
2: Evil Dead. Yeah. They're watching Evil Dead Which, on the
3: screen. Which screen? Originally
2: and who the hell
1: sleeps through Evil Dead. Originally
2: yeah. it was supposed to be Chud or Chud's. Um, but they couldn't figure out who owned the rights to that. So Sam Raimi came in and was just like, You just use my movies. Oh, fine. I thought
1: you were talking about the fat girl. <laughs> Charita, I was shut like, up. he was supposed to date Chut up. And
2: no, no, they were supposed to watch Chuds, which stands for Cannibalistic Humanoid Underground Dwellers. Great,
0: <laughs> um,
2: but um, but also during the scene, he he goes and he burned down Jim Cunningham, Cunningham's house, which outs him as a kitty porn peddler slash producer. But like, also yeah, shows in him a ring
3: again like, that Frank is telling the truth.
2: Yeah, because so yeah. like, there's
3: a, that's the important thing. Is like. Frank was telling the truth when he left the house because it saved him. Frank was telling the truth when he burned the fire down. I'm trying to think what was Frank's truth about cu- uh, the bus flood. In the wall, flood was yeah. he, meets he, he meets Gretchen. He meets Gretchen. Because okay, so it. yeah, so each or he one talks of these, to Gretchen. Yeah, is, is Frank leading him to his own death?
2: basically right yeah and trying to close which selfishly i think that may be why he apologizes to him because he's selfishly like trying to lead donnie back to his own death right so that he doesn't well and
1: that's back to that whole like his whole conversation of like predestination and like am i on god's path or not like yeah it's like was because this is a tangential timeline like who knows what's going to happen because this wasn't ever supposed to happen. Right. So right. Frank is there to guide Donnie. To fix it. To fix
2: it. Because yeah. Donnie could technically do it the fuck he wants. Yeah, he could just hang out and be like, no, nah, I'm cool with living. Yeah. Um,
1: but the whole man suit thing. That's another reason why he's a superhero. <laughs> why are you wearing that stupid man suit?
2: And it gave 16-year-old eboys before they were eboys something to, to quote and put on their fucking away message on AIM and in their MySpace bio Hell, um, you know it. you love that line yeah, though dude,
1: it's good when it's, you were like 12 and watched this 12, movie for yeah. the first time yeah. you are like
2: man this is so deep Deep. Yeah. god damn I'm so fucking smart
1: for liking Donnie Darko I hope no one ever sound bites that <laughs> what me saying that man this is so deep <laughs> <laughs> deep.
2: deep um Things start really falling apart after he burns down the house. Sparkle Motion, you know, that gang's going on Star Search, but Gang gang. Gang Gang has to stay Kitty has to stay and support Jim because she still believed that snake oil salesman she's like I have to support him
1: um, she's, she says there's a conspiracy to destroy an innocent man <laughs> yeah. I'm beginning to doubt your commitment to sparkle motion which is the best line from the movie
2: yeah and even in yes. her hour of need when she comes to Donnie's mom needing her more than anything she is still so like self-righteous and she's just like I have to stay and support Jim I can't I have to support this this kitty porn peddling snake oil salesman. And I can't take our kids on this field trip. You have to do it. But I never would have asked you first. Like, I was like, I'm still better than you. But, um, yeah.
3: People uh, do
1: that shit all the time. Yeah. It's like, help
2: me because I'm
3: better than you. You know that it's fucked that Donnie, you know, when Donnie dies, when he, when we end the movie and he's closed the time loop that Frank, the peddler, even though he sh- there's a shot of him crying, he's still going to be a pedophile.
2: Well, yep. I, okay, so I read something that yeah. said that he kills himself 10 days later, but I have found duh, no duh, evidence duh, duh, duh. to support
1: that. No, duh, 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 same, Yeah, duh, 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 yeah. yeah. B-
2: I've found no evidence to support that.
1: But, like, it not does prank, it does show him... Gym. Yeah, yeah. it does show him, like, having a complete... Like, he's crying. Yeah. He's crying. That's well, he's, like, sh- shaking and, like, he's like, oh, I'm a monster. Yeah. Yeah. He's crying, <laughs> but it's
3: like, that's not...
1: Yeah, because he undoes some really good shit. good shit yeah. too because like i don't know does gretchen's mom still get murdered by her stepdad like mm-hmm, we don't know this timeline doesn't does affect gretchen that at all get murdered by her stepdad? right like gretchen is now home with mom and also gets murdered by so stepdad? really
2: frank is a selfish motherfucker
1: frank is a selfish motherfucker
2: and he made a worse frank world donnie's
1: subconscious
2: <laughs> but he's a real person too um Professor Barrymore gets fired. Oh,
1: and Frank is super fine. That's can a, I put that out there? Yeah, yeah,
2: but that that don't matter. Get on to the, Tarita, to the closing scene. Tarita is getting th- going through it, it. does
1: matter that Frank
2: is um married. So, yeah, we get the cellar door thing, which leads us to grandma death. Um, Donnie explains too late to Dr. Thurman about what Frank has made him do, and she doesn't do very much about it. She kind of tries to help. <laughs> what can make, she do? By making one phone call. Call the cops. She Be like, hey, a patient of mine admitted to two crimes. Um. I don't know. Like you don't know what. I mean, wait, yeah. So doctor. Weak. It's weak, though. It's weak writing because he admits to her.
1: Well, uh, no, she can't I do hyp- anything about she it. She can't say, yeah. I hypnotized my patient and he said he did some crazy shit. And he might be crazy. Oh, and I also have to admit that he tried to masturbate in front of me. Like, she would have to admit a lot of <laughs> shit. Oh,
3: yeah. Also, he might be crazy, so you probably shouldn't take what he says at face value because he has a giant bunny rabbit friend. That's true. <laughs> right. That's true. Yeah, his defense is incredible. She's, she's like, hey, she's I'm crazy, calling. like He's, he's calling actually like, I did this on purpose, Edward Norton style.
2: <laughs> this is primal fear, baby. So Elizabeth gets into Harvard, so it's time to party. Gretchen's in trouble. Donnie and Gretchen connect about her situation, sort they have of sex. He comforts her, they have sex. Um,
1: I love that knee-jerk reaction though, like, oh, things are really good and really bad at the same time. Let's, let's have let's a have party. <laughs>
2: oh yeah, and oh, let's oh, have a oh, party. Yeah. Let's, let's get rock. drunk,
1: let's have sex. We said I'm sad lift up.
2: Let's be my butt. Um, Yeah, so he comforts her and then brings her out to Grandma Death's house in the middle of the night after getting wigged out by his brain movies. So we see, (laughs) um, a neat little actual callback here is that before he leaves his house, we do see Frank, the real Frank's handwriting,
1: and it looks and it's the exact
2: same handwriting as we see on the courtyard at the school and on Donnie's arm when he writes down the countdown. Um, Frank has horrible penmanship. I mean, it's 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 stylized for show. Um. Uh And then our bullies are at Grandma Death's house. Uh, for
1: an arbitrary Maybe reason. because...
2: For what? <laughs> maybe because they have somehow found out what Donnie's dad says to only him, which is that she's loaded and she had a gem collection, but that's the weakest, but weakest, appa- weakest reason he, for them to be there. Well, when the
1: dad says, like, kids used to do that, he's implying, like, we all used to do that. Yeah, Like, I used to do that. So maybe their dads also know.
2: Yeah. And told them. Um, you know, but then... Gretchen run over by Real Frank. Donnie shoots Real Frank. He Steals his parents' car, drives her body out to the place he wakes up at the beginning of the movie uh, before we entered the Tangent universe. And he sees the time portal open up and um, he shuts the time loop in the, How? I d- yeah, I don't alleged. like
1: that there's no... He's just looking like at it, and then all of a sudden, there's everything a, goes back in time. Well, apparently in these pages... He should, like, jump in something. Well, they They're
3: in the director's cut. There's a cut to his car. I don't know if the version you saw, but he's nope. in his car, and he's driving down the hill. Oh, There's no. a feel the of him, like, driving.
2: Uh, no, that's not in the theatrical cut. And they also say that they allude to, in these pages from Philosophy of Time Travel, that, like... The conduit person gets like super strength and like can see like, this is this is kind of like Lady in the Water level dumb
0: writing. Yeah, it's like, bad. It's, it's just, yeah. just bad,
3: bad like fantasy slash sci fi mythos. It's just it's just not well written. Mm-hmm. So you just shouldn't have it.
2: You know. Yeah
1: it's Um, crammed it's a square peg round hole like you're trying to cram the wrong thing it's just too
2: much storytelling not based on enough good solid writing and like the 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 mechanics of all this time travely shit are just they're too weak and they're unexplained so it leads to weak storytelling at the end so it's it's harder for for richard kelly to wrap it up
1: i don't know that scene where they pan over everyone's face and
2: that is good. That Play dope. that song, that, that, is good. Is good. Oh, that shit yeah. Slap. When Mad World starts playing, that is good. But the actual leading <laughs> lead up to it from... It, so loud. it slaps. I <laughs>
1: can't hear myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm deaf in one ear.
2: All around me are
1: familiar
2: Frank's face oh. and my mom's face, Patrick's Twasway's Twasway's face.
1: Speaking of mom's face... The part that stuck with me the most, because the last Mommy's time I saw this movie, I was like 16. No, don't talk about the wave yet. Don't talk about that really awkward, horrible wave. <laughs> but the, the thing that stuck with me, the scene I always remembered about that movie, the whole fucking movie was like the the movie theater scene and him stabbing Frank in the eye. But always that moment of the the family is there crying. And the mom is leaning against this tree, smoking just smoking a cigarette. a
2: cigarette. Yeah, and then Gretchen rolls up, and she's like, what's up? And then she just waves.
1: That wave is horrible.
3: The little kid's just like, hey, he died. let's he head by a planet But that scene- His name was Donnie Dark. <laughs> I think that scene
1: is supposed to imply like, hey, do, do we know each other? Like, is this deja vu? Wow, trippy. Like, trippy crazy. I feel like I know
2: you. Yeah. But her- the m- My bubble was in your bubble. <laughs> <laughs> we got cross-bubbled. But like, yeah, so... When Don- did
1: Bubble Boy come out in relation to this After movie? This, I think it was
2: like O two O three. I, um, yeah. October Sky came out before this. So, you know, that one slaps hard all the way yeah, around.
1: Yeah, I watched that again recently.
2: <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, yeah, at the end, Donnie has saved the lives of Gretchen and Frank, the girl he loves, question mark, and the man he killed. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, closing thoughts for me on Donnie Darko is that it's just too much shoved into one teen movie. Like I, it would have been better f- to me if the, if we'd focus less on the actual mechanics of the time travel in this universe and more on his mental illness and personal relationships. I think like that would have been some weird, like not magical realism, but like weird, like sci-fi fantasy tie-ins to have that like a, a looser and more uh, like unexplained un unfathomable time travel plot. I think we spend too much time of that on that and it's to the detriment of the, the real meat of the story. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's the acting's good for the most part. You know, the soundtrack slaps uh, and the writing is tight in places. Uh, so it's like, it's, there, it's like like a lot of cult classics. There's a there's there are elements and a good movie in, inside of it, but it's got this gobbledygook piled on top that takes away from it and is just a distraction from the the good parts of the movie. But it, what I'll say that I think this movie achieves best is that it has its own feel. Like there is a definite defined voice in the storytelling of this movie. Yep. And that's achieved through the cinematography, through the soundtrack, through the actors, and through the direction. I mean the director, he's Richard Kelly's not a great director. You can look at his track record and see that. But he did he 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 got very close to a very good movie with, with Donnie yeah. with Donnie Darko. And if I'm in the cult, uh I'm not but you know, I'd I'd attend I, I I go to a meeting, you know. I would too. I, I go I would, to an I interest meeting.
3: There. I would I would talk to people. About I'm that. super in the cold. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I love this movie. What are as your
2: a kid. what are your thoughts on it?
1: Um this is a movie about a paranoid schizophrenic who's <laughs> susceptible to his various influences and I love it as that movie because then I don't have to deal with all the shit y'all been talking
0: about. Yeah, just ignore all the I can, can just ignore all that.
1: <laughs> I can yeah. ignore all that. Well, I still love those parts, but I don't have to delve into them, and I can enjoy it like that. Also, closing thought, Jake Gyllenhaal has Billy Eilish eyes like a dead fish <laughs> <laughs> when he's having his yeah. Frank visions, and yeah. I fucking love it. It's so, A-G. the end.
2: He's, a, he's at the tippy top.
3: All right, well, I think that is it for the cult of classics.
2: Uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Um, this has been Cult of Classics. I am Liam Kelly, joined as always by Tarver Peterson, and joined especially and very, very thankfully um, by Aaron Kelly. Thank you for coming on. Uh, You're welcome. Nay.
1: Don't uh, say my Christian name, please. Uh,
2: Aaron. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, if you would like to become a patron, we would like you to as well. So check us out uh, on tap snap or patreon.com slash tap snaps. We have some cool features on there. Um, Tap snaps is our main podcast. So if you also listen to that, you can give us topics to talk about, or you can get bonus content like, you know, episodes that we have locked away into the vault for differing reasons, (laughs) but you can also uh, get Extra Cult of Classic content there. You can get uh, access to our watch-alongs. You can access uh, bonus episodes. And you can suggest movies for us to watch and cover on the show. Um, So, yeah. Thank you for listening. Bye. Listen again.